The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there, buddy. Don't forget, there's plenty of Last Podcast Network merch available over on lastpodcastmerch.com. We got shirts for all of your favorite shows like... Wizard and the Bruiser and Page 7 and No Dogs in Space and of course plenty of stuff for Last Podcast on the left. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com Thank you. Coming down the aisle It's time to fart. It's out of here! It's a, it's a miracle! The impossible has happened! Oh, it's gonna win the football game! And Dawes back with it! He has broken it! Go crazy, folks! Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with... Katie Dirks. Yay! Katie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's so happy to be back in the saddle with you, Katie, talking wrestling. I know. I'm already a little slow on the uptick. I'm a little... I might be a little rusty. It took me like 20 minutes to figure out how to record this. Oh, who cares? A little rusty is... That's great, <laughs> and it's fun. And God knows there's a whole series of different sexual ideas uh, they can come to mind when you say sentences like, a little rusty, okay. Really? I don't know. I was thinking rusty trombone. <laughs> but that's not what this show is all about. This is not okay. a sex advice show. This is a show all about people almost naked, lubed up, lathered up, kind of kissing each other. It's about pro wrestling. So let's talk the biggest story of the week. We're going to discuss SummerSlam because Katie and I watched it together. And we had so much fun. And James was there. And baby Carson was there. And Carson is the cutest baby in the history of all babies. And both of the dogs were fun. And the SummerSlam, the event, we're going to get into it because I don't know what we watched for a little portion of that event anyway. But before we get to that, Katie, the biggest news, without a doubt, CM Punk. What did you think? He appears in Chicago at AEW Rampage. The crowd went crazy. People were crying. Don't make fun of these people for crying, by the way. You're just jealous. You don't have as much passion about something as those people crying when they saw the straight edge lord that is CM Punk. What did you think about his return Did it live up to the massive amounts of hype or did it leave you feeling like you wanted a bit more? Uh, No, it lived up to the hype. It lived up to the hype for a few reasons. I loved that it it was like an open secret that CM Punk was going to be on the show. Yes. All the fans knew. Everyone who wanted to know knew. Uh, It wasn't advertised that he was going to be on the show. Uh, It was just, again, open secret that he was going to appear. And it was just so perfectly executed, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because this is a snapshot of a company that 
is telling you what they're going to give you by not telling you exactly what they're going to give you and then giving you what they've already told you you wanted. Yes. And everyone got it. And you know what you didn't hear at SmackDown? CM Punk chants. You're welcome, WWE, because you would have gotten them because you always gotten them. But now the fans have what they want. We got CM Punk. Yep. There's no need for more uh, trolling CM Punk chants. My question is this, and I think um, a few of my friends brought up a good point. My friend Juan, I was hanging out with my friend Jim and his friend Juan. Now Juan's my friend too, okay? Um, Talking about is there an issue or a potential risk for AEW to go down the road that WCW went down in the mid-90s where they just got so much talent under their umbrella, but then with said talent, weren't able to fit all of those storylines in. Do you think that there's any risk with that right now with AEW? No. No, I do not. Because A, you learn from history, right? I hope. I think AEW is a company that went into this full well knowing everyone was going to call them the new WCW. It's an owner with a lot of money. Right. It's a bunch of indie guys running the company. And uh, the difference is, these indie guys have been around the game for so long and wanted to build a different company. They wanted right. to build something that wasn't WWE. They don't want to get bought out by WWE. They don't want to even be in a position where that would be an option mm-hmm. or uh, you know a throwaway. So I think I think in the industry there's two things at play. Uh, yes, there's always going to be WWE that is always going to be the the giant company for at least the foreseeable future, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're publicly traded. They're uh, they've got their board of directors. They're very mm-hmm. corporate. They're the they're WWE. They're an entity that's not going anywhere. In the right. who knows where it does go though, because Nick Khan, the con of WWE oh. status, mm. every time he talks, I'm like, oh my god, is this like, is this sabotage from the inside? Does he work with Ted Turner? Is Bischoff dressed up like the CEO, and he's still hearkening back to his NWO <laughs> days? Because at one point, Nick Khan said that he thought Raw could be four hours and SmackDown could go on forever. It's like, what's happening? There isn't an individual that gives me, like, that makes my skin crawl. He just makes my, like, he's more, like, he just makes my skin crawl. He just feels like this, like, he's a numbers guy. He's looking at the bottom line. This is a company. Everyone here is here to make us money. And it's not, and it's not. It's a creative, wrestling is an art form. You have made a business out of what, what is arguably an art form. And ironically, with him thinking of it like that, he's going to end up losing money because the product is obviously suffering. I mean, it's 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 something else right now. Uh, but I think I think back to your question, I think AEW is it won't isn't going to run the risk of becoming a WCW like story because they a they're very much aware of that. But mm-hmm, B, mm-hmm. when WWE disperses talent, it's not a direct line to AEW. AEW can say, can cherry pick their their top three right. out of those big cuts. And then everyone else is going to Ring of Honor. They're mm-hmm. going to New Japan. They're going to GCW. They're going, they're going to other smaller independent companies. Impact, yeah. Uh impact. And and I think that's it's there's a dispersing of talent. That's a great uh, point. In the field. 
it has been small D wrestling, that is. It has been small D democratized. It's not a binary world when it comes to WCW and WWE. So that is a fantastic point. So AEW can kind of pick and choose, as Katie just said. So obviously they picked, and CM Punk chose them. They picked Punk. He said yes. The reveal in Chicago, absolutely beautiful. Looks like he's going to have a match. Uh, who were they scheduling that match with initially? Was it Gage? Uh, Darby Allen. Darby is, Allen. That's correct. Yep. That's correct. Um, so it looks like he's going to go right into the ring. My other question when it comes to speculation and all the releases in the WWE, Bray Wyatt is potentially, mm-hmm. obviously, up for grabs. And I would assume there's a bidding war going on. And I would assume AEW is the only bidder that would have enough money to make Bray happy. But how amazing would that be if Bray can get back and he can go? Do you think he's just going to work with minus one and he's just going to go right into that group? I mean, it would make the most sense from a creative standpoint. Whether the bed is cold yet or still too warm to make that transition, I don't know. It's pro wrestling. Like right. these, we're talking about a business that that makes uh, death a kayfabe story. So, like, I I don't. I mean, I would love to see him. I would love for them to build to a reveal of Bray Wyatt. That would be of, awesome. Like that would be so much fun. And there's, uh, and he would be so great there. I also know I believe Ruby Riot is going to AEW, which is fantastic. Yes, and of course the AEW women's division. If anybody watched um, this past uh, Friday's event, Rampage, holy hell, they're doing great. Jade Cargill mm-hmm. is like I've She's never seen abs like that. She She's is a such star. a superstar. She's uh, she's gonna be so good. Oh, she is already so good. Going back to Bray, of course, he would potentially, if he goes to AEW, take over as the head of the Dark Order. Of course, the Dark Order was formerly led by Brody Lee. Uh, R.I.P. It was so sad. Uh, but right now, the stable consists of Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Preston Vance, Alan Angels, Anna Jay, and Katie's favorite, Colt Cabana. That would be a hell of a crew if you got Bray in there. And my God, when I look at that man, the storytelling abilities that I think the WWE stifled, and I don't think I'm breaking any news with that. Who knows what he could do mm-hmm. if he gets creative freedom, but also he's around legends. Like, he'll listen to Jericho. He'll listen to Matt Hardy. Well, like, he's also a legacy. He's a legacy as well. A rotunda. He's a w, yeah, he's a WWE-built legacy. So it'll be interesting to, I mean, get, like, get it. Get after it, bro. He's I'm very t- much, he comes from like a world, he comes from like a Cody a Cody Rhodes background, like very similar path where he, uh, with the exception of, I feel like Bray Wyatt got way more over than Cody ever did at WWE. Mm, absolutely. Um, but I mean, I feel like, look, similar, similar path. I say I'm excited. I'm excited. This, we are in a golden era of mm-hmm. wrestling that the fans are reaping the benefits of. Regardless, and yes, does WWE ne- annoy me with some of their decisions, and it f- frustrates me to see them stifling talent that are st- are are at the big company for a reason yeah. because they are the best. But is it frustrating? Yes. However, that being said, you can throw a rock and find good wrestling right now. Yeah. Whether it's a a promotion that's there's a promotion here in Woodland Hills that's killing it. That's I'm just like what, you can. Yeah. It's so great right now 
that even on the dumb flyer that you could see, you know, on the street or whatever that's promoting a wrestling show is going to have good talent. Yeah. And of course, you can watch good wrestling anywhere. Go to a PTA meeting. Evidently, parents and teachers are constantly fighting. Isn't that great? The AEW roster is 110 wrestlers right now. So I'm not sure how much larger they can get, but obviously adding Rampage and then they have After Dark. Dark. So they have two YouTube shows and two television shows. So hopefully it can stay organized enough. I am not organized enough to make that organized enough, but hopefully it can stay consistent. And there's no indication that it won't because as Katie said, these are old school guys as well that they have. They have a stable of like, old legends properly mixing like the sting and Darby thing makes me so endlessly happy. Cause it's such mm-hmm. a great, I don't know. It's just such a great passing of the torch and sting looks so good. And it's nothing but uplifting as mm-hmm. opposed to what we'll talk about in a second. Someone like Bill Goldberg coming back and it's just oh, like boy. sad. And it's like, it's, there's no build. There's no story like Darby and sting. It's such a perfect way to marry old school and new school. And the way that they're coming together and like, it's almost like a safety belt, like clicking together these two generations of fans, which is Mm -hmm. why, again, you see people crying watching wrestling, which is awesome (laughs) because it's really a powerful sport when stories are told well. It's like the most powerful thing that you can see. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you never really got into the CM Punk era. No, I didn't know too much about it. Now I've gone back and I've watched a little bit and I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm just... I'm just a boy who likes Bud Light and I, like I grew up, it's just, they are, they, the same soul of Stone Cold is in CM Punk, but the storytelling differences were just totally like, I'm, I'm a Stone Cold boy. But anyway, but I, mad respect, mad respect. Because I know, because I came in towards the end of the, like towards the last few years of the CM Punk era is kind of when I started paying more attention and I and I it's one of those situations where I absolutely fell in I fell in love with his style because it just felt it felt he was part of the reality era. Yes. He was part of the cut the shit era and kind of and almost bring it back to the attitude era when it comes yes. to doing unscripted promos, when it comes to being a little more fuck you real, I'm gonna be real about it. Um and airing dirty laundry and like getting and and using those elements to get over or to put someone else over. Mm-hmm. And and then once it became like a, a point of friction between him and the company is when is when you get the pipe bomb. Right. He right. was like, oh, you want me to just be me? Let's go. Like, come at me. And of course, that's when we got something that changed the trajectory of what promos could do in mm-hmm. the new era. And I think since he left, he was like a missing component after he got like. He got watered down. He got buried a lot. He got injured, and it, there was a lot of internal strife, and obviously, right. which he aired very publicly after he left with, I think, Jericho. Uh, and there's all this drama. It was this drama filled. His exit from WWE, everyone was like just on pins and needles about because everyone was following every single detail that was leaked. The dirt sheets were having a field day. Meltzer was leaking things left and right. So I, being part of that journey and witnessing that journey and his like massive fallout with Colt Cabana, him and Colt Cabana used to be best friends and they had this whole fallout and lawyers got involved and it got so dirty and yeah. and, and dramatic mm-hmm. to see him come back after 
figuring his own shit out after seven years was such like it. Oh my god, it was just such a great moment for re- what a great moment for wrestling. Yeah, and you know, going um, so obviously the question is, as the bar could not be higher for CM Punk in this Darby Allen match. Uh, that match will be at the All Out pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, I think CM Punk understands that. This is an interview he gave on ESPN Chicago's Cap and Jay Wood. Uh, uh, Punk That's says, a "Morning show name." I know Cap and Jay. No, I'm sorry, Cap and Jay Hood. It's Cap and Jay Hood. <laughs> I don't know who they are. I'm sure they're very successful. Obviously, they got to speak with CM Punk. They can't be doing that bad. Uh, but Punk had to say. I think it's going to be a lot of like, can Punk still go? Can Punk still wrestle mm-hmm. in the ring? Can he be entertaining? Uh, he goes on to say, fortunately for me, I was never a guy that did a whole bunch of crazy flips and stuff like that. So I don't have to go back and try to do amazing athletic feats. My goal is to tell a story. And the way I get ready for this is to watch a lot of Darby Allen matches. It's no different than a sports team watching tape on the team that they're playing. So that to me is an extremely encouraging quote. Where he understands, you know, that people uh, expect a lot, but then, you know, kudos to him for having a style that's going to translate even, what, six, seven years later. Super smart. And I think, I mean, he's going to walk in the ring and be over it, right? Of course. And Darby's such a good wrestler. So good. But I do, I am worried about the marks that are going to be looking for this amazing match. Because I think it's going to be a good match. Yes. I don't think it, you're not going to get, this isn't a Kenny Okada match. This is going to be a fucking story filled character driven match with nuance. And I think some heavy hits and you'll see Darby do some stunts, yes. but it's not, you're not going to get perfect. Shouldn't be the enemy of good with this match. You're mm-hmm, going to get a good mm-hmm. match, but it's not going to be perfect. And I think, I think everyone should go in as fans. We should all just go in excited that punk is back in the ring yeah. and we'll worry about the rest later. Every, no one get hurt. Go for it. And of course, with Darby Allen being his opponent, there's no way the match will not be a competent, great, in many ways, wrestling match. Because, man, Darby is endlessly impressive. I just love him so much. He's uh, terrifying. Just, he is so terrifying. He terrifies what the, me. Well, speaking of people doing moves that they're not going to be able to do forever, I watched a fun little YouTube video. It may have been Simon. It may have been a What Culture video, but just talking about like professional wrestlers who really wish they didn't do the finishers that they do because it turns out it sucks. Like Matt Hardy with the um, off the top rope. He's hitting off the freaking top of the cage. The dude hit a leg drop. Hulk Hogan, even that leg drop that looks kind of underwhelming, that sucks for the body. So um, It chips away at you. I think Hulk Hogan said that if he could do it again, he would have chosen the sleeper hold. (laughs) I mean, in all honesty, look, my finishing moves are just going to be the sandbag. I'm just going to sandbag sandbag? You hit it with a sandbag. I just I I like I like kind of flop into you and then I'm just dead weight. I'm a <laughs> oh my I'm god, sandbag. Folks, it's the Katie Dirk sandbag. Oh Here my she god, comes, it's the sandbagger. <laughs> well, as long as Darby can do the coffin drop, as long as he can do it healthily and safely, I am excited to see it. And at some point, uh, much like Matt Hardy has had to greatly adjust his wrestling. And it's still fantastic in the ring. And I love what Matt Hardy mm-hmm. is doing with his with uh, his management company and making money and all of that it's stuff. really funny. But someone like Darby is so talented that he'll be able to evolve in any which way that he has to. Because at some point, the body says, could you not jump off 15-story buildings right now? I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> ah. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Well, speaking of pain, Katie and I sat through 2021's WWE SummerSlam. And maybe I am going to be too harsh. I don't know. I don't want to be. But let's just go through what we saw. So... Let's just start with the biggest event. Obviously, with CM Punk coming back, Vince knew he had to do something. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of odds being, a lot of people being like, is it going to be Lesnar? Is it going to be Becky? Uh, and it turns out that it was both. Now, the Becky Lynch return, I just want to talk with, with Katie. So, Bianca Belair, so over, Raw Women's Champion, mm-hmm. got such a great success story. The matches she had with Sasha were brilliant. We know she can go. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to Katie and I and James as we're watching, and the dogs, and Carson the baby, uh, <laughs> Sasha can't show up, right? Maybe a COVID thing. I don't know. Maybe it's kayfabe. Maybe it's not. Maybe we don't mm-hmm. give a shit. So Bianca Belair, all of a sudden, Carmella, Carmella to the ring. She's going to wrestle Carmella. Okay, so we're watching this for about 10 minutes. Oh, and the fans... And the fans oh, we are just were also shook. getting a play-by-play from fans that were there. Yes, and this this it immediately went from like this is going to be great match of the night. Katie and I both were like, get ready for match of the night. To oh, I feel bad for Carmella. I feel bad for the audience. And then we also found out that the Allegiant Stadium, where uh, the Raiders are going to be playing, apparently <laughs> there was no alcohol or food. Like, there was, was no services, and like bathrooms a- were overflowing. It was like the fire fest. It was, yeah, it was a perfect storm where everything, it's a cashless venue, no oh. cash, card only, Apple Pay only, uh, and the internet goes down right before this match. Oh my God. And so- then Carmella comes out and it's just, everyone's just like, fuck you, WWE. So mad, so mad, because the way that they pulled the rug out, it doesn't, again, it wasn't good storytelling. It was just it, like, okay. And I, like, And I don't know what happened here because WWE knew for eight days, they knew for eight days that Sasha Banks was out. She was out. Eight days going into this match. And they continued to advertise Sasha Banks. Yep. Uh, th- like through they throughout the entire show, they were pushing this match. And at some point, when does it become fraud? Great question. I mean, honestly, though, if if they know that Sasha isn't showing up and they don't tell you, unbeknownst to you, you're there to go watch Sasha and they know for a week that she's not there and they keep on promoting, at what point are you just lying to the customer to the point where it's fraudulent? It's one thing to, like, fall back in the guise of, like, card subject to change, right? Sure. But it's a whole other thing to continue promoting an athlete, a performer Mm -hmm. that you know isn't going to show up. Like if I was Sasha Banks and they're saying that I'm still going to be there, I'd be like, guys, what are you what, doing? What are you doing? Like, 
Exactly. That's another story. Build and and this is kind of where you could easily take the, like a like a page out of the AEW playbook. Sure. That's like, hey, we're going to make this an open secret that Sasha Banks isn't coming. And by the way, there is another performer that everyone wants to come back. Who could it possibly be? Who could have been be? out for a year and a half? Like and just kind of spoon feed the audience what they're about to get instead. You got Carmella that sucked the air out of the uh, the minute they announced Sasha Banks. For those that didn't know, it yes. just sucked. It sucked the air out of the room. It sucked the air right out of the room, and it was such a low moment. Now, again, we're going to get into it here. One of the options they also could have done is Sasha's not here. You want to put Bianca over, which obviously, as we'll talk about, was not the intent. A gauntlet match. Like, what's the equivalent to put Bianca over? Maybe a gauntlet match. Something fun. You know, you can have a creative match. Maybe a a quick Royal Rumble match. Something fun. There's so many ways to go about it. But anyway, so Carmella's in the ring. And then, boom, the music hits. Becky Lynch looking just fantastic. As powerful as ever. The crowd pops. The roof goes off the place. It was the highest of the high without a doubt of the night. And it worked so well in hindsight, both Katie and I and James were like, oh, shit, they actually got us. Because we were all like, oh, damn, you win. Okay. So long story short, Becky goes in, beats up Carmella a little bit. Uh, They talk a lot. Her and Becky or Bianca and Becky talk a lot. And the match begins and it lasts for 28 seconds. It's one punch and a, uh, for all intents and purposes, a rock bottom uh, that Becky hit on Bianca. One, two, three. Becky is the champion. And again, the audience was left stunned, but not really in the best way because once again, Katie and I said, now this is going to be match of the night. And then that's and what then it was. It I just. A match. Ugh. And what's. Okay, there's. I was frustrated on a few points with this because yes. A. We got Becky back, and we all Great. know, open secret, I love Becky Lynch. Of course. Uh, so excited, thrilled, so excited. And then she says, in the ring, how about we tear the, blow the roof off this place? How about we tear yes. the house down tonight? Let's tear the Which, house down. As as wrestlers means, we're going to fucking have one of the best matches you've ever seen. We're we going to have a five-star match, yeah. Buckle up. You got two of the ladies. She's like, and from a storytelling point, my brain goes, okay, well, Sasha and Bianca had moment of the year mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. And if we're, if we're telling story, Becky's back, she's back for her belts. Like she, the, the one thing that she could do to Sasha down the line is take the magic away from WrestleMania and have a better match, have another match of the year with Bianca, like Absolutely. make a moment out of it. Mm-hmm. And then we get a 28 second match and it, like, great. I was, and I walked away going like, I got to see Becky Lynch. It was a moment, uh, but it wasn't a match. And that's the frustrating part. It was a total squash. There was also some time constraints that evidently were lifted. There was a Pacquiao fight. So the WWE was supposed to be done earlier than they were, but then Pacquiao's opponent dropped out. So WWE is like, we can go another hour. It was so weird. The time constraint issue, which is the only thing that we could think of is like, well, maybe they were just super tight, but then Becky talked again for 10 more minutes. Like the whole thing, all of the talking could have been a match. It didn't need to be a 10 minute match, even a seven minute match. Just give the audience something because- For the audience, it puts them in such a pickle 
because they want to cheer Becky, but they truly love Bianca and respect her storyline and how awesome she has been during her reign. She deserves so, a match. She deserves, she deserves to lose a match. The belt in a good match. At the very least, when Kofi lost it in a heartbeat to Lesnar, which again people were like, "What the f what is that crap?" Decision. At the very least, it's like, well, Lesnar is truly a freaking monster. I, I can see it. But this doesn't make sense on a physical level. Bianca Belair is right there physically with Becky. And it doesn't even play into Becky's character. Becky was never a one-punch wonder. She's not a, she's not Roman. She doesn't hit you with a spear and call it a match. Yeah. So for the audience, it's like, I'm happy I saw Becky. Oh, that's cool. She won and no diss on Becky. But really like Bianca, which equates itself to fucking silence. Yeah, it was Because weird. then the audience is just kind of sitting there thinking and no one wants to be, I mean, it, it just made everything so uncomfortable. And uh, I just felt like they had such an opportunity and uh, they completely blew it. And this was also, this is all, it was all very confusing going into this because it if was. you remember going into this, we we're essentially in the second act of the show and we were openly joking about how this show seems to be falling apart. There totally. was the intro. There was the... Uh, okay, Kitty, why did Nakamura come out? And what's Bugs? Bugs, who is, again, poor Elias. Because Bugs is better Elias. than Elias. And he's, he's so more better. fun. But I love Elias. But it's just so sad. They just took his character. They also look very similar. They look the exact same. I they mean, it literally the is the same. closest to fake Diesel and fake Razor Ramon. But but he's working they because... They should join a band together and be a tag team. That would be cool. And then turn on each other eventually down the line. It would be great. They would I be so that, over. That's a fantastic idea. They have a band name. Yes. I would. Oh. I mean, The Rockers is already taken. Um, maybe something Rock and Roll Express is already taken. Hmm. The the, uh, the uh, Knee Tappers. I don't know. The, Chainsmokers? I think that's jacked. already been taken. They're, they're huge. Both, they're both singer, singer songwriters. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but why did Nakamura's music hit, Boogs comes out, and then there's no match, and then we have the Becky fiasco, and then after that, it just never seemed to get back on the rails. But before we get to the conclusion of the pay-per-view, some of the things that I did think were really good, RK-Bro, uh, they defeated AJ Styles and Omos, and I thought this match, as far as tag team matches, which I'm a huge fan of, but I like tag teams to be taggy team, more taggy team uh, yeah, than these like tag teams. Tag teams yeah, but nonetheless, two people thrown together. Yeah, but this was, you know, this was a competent match, and I'm happy for RK Bro, and I'm happy, um, you know, that uh, Riddle is getting a little bit of attention. But at least there was a good tag team match. So I'm happy mm-hmm. with that. Right. Um, and then, of course, we had Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie, which Alexa Bliss, she womp, won by pinfall. Womp. This was another one of those. This is ones. when it started to go off the rails for me. <laughs> this know. is when, and I think this is when, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> this match happened is right around when things started to go sideways at the stadium. The whole thing was fucking <laughs> a tinderbox. It, it was, was crazy. Uh, yes. Look, here's the deal. The WWE loves Eva Marie, which is great. I Fine. get it. She is... She is a template of uh, conventional beauty, and she's gorgeous. I get it. That's as far as it goes for me, and that's exactly what she was the first time around. So I don't know. And originally, she wasn't supposed to wrestle at all. Right. And then they just painted themselves into a box where they were like, well, shit, I guess you you have to go out there and just take a couple bumps. Well, also talking about like putting the audience in a conundrum, 
with the release of Bray Wyatt, but now you have Alexa, who is Who's still Bray kind Wyatt? of the fiend, and Bray Wyatt, and then it's like, I love you, Alexa, you're such a great actress. I love you're in the ring. I truly believe she's one of the, she's top five men, women on the mic. I think she's right up there yeah. with Eddie Kingston. That she when she cuts a All scathing right. promo, okay. women are traumatizing. And when she says mean things, she it's goes bullied. in and I'm like, she that hurt like, my feelings. <laughs> yeah, she does. She does cut a little deep for sure. She does. She's almost like a Roddy Piper. I truly give her that much respect. But then it's like for the audience, it's like, but that's why is she the Fiend's character still? And so it just puts everyone in this really strange place where now we have, I want to cheer Alexa, but I also don't want to cheer the WWE for just straight up taking Bray Wyatt's idea, firing him and giving it to Alexa. It doesn't make any sense. And I think that's why the audience, again, confusion just leads to silence. Because if you don't know if you're supposed to cheer or boo or what you're supposed to do, it makes it really difficult. In wrestling, it's pretty freaking simple. Good guy, bad guy. I just need to know who I'm cheering for. I just want to know. Please, God. So I'm not, is Eva Marie the hero? Is Alexa Bliss? I don't is know. Is Dewdrop the hero? I don't know. Dewdrop. Gotta love the Dewdrop. Anyway, that match, Alexa Bliss defeated Eva Marie, as I mentioned. Not the best matches, although I'm going to say this. I do like Dewdrop. I think your character is Good. great. I love great. She's uh, she's great. Look, she's a star on the indies and it's a little again, this goes back to my frustrations when I hate on WWE. It's coming from a good place because I see someone like you drop who is a legitimate talent in the ring. Mm-hmm. She's not on the main roster because she sucks. She's fucking great in the ring. Yeah. Uh, and to see this kind of half half-assed idea that she's kind of built into something uh, and g- fucking great for her. She had very little to work with. Right. Um, and to turn it into like a, you know, a, a good guy, a, a mean girl type storyline with her and Eva Marie. Great. I mean, it's very similar to Alexa and uh, an almost superhero. Uh, yeah. Nikki Crot. It was like, it's yeah, pretty similar to that. But Ooh, they should team up. OK, I'm not going to say anything. All right. <laughs> Well, the match that I actually loved because I truly or didn't I know. You know what? I'm going to say the word love. Why not? Damian Priest. I love Damian Priest. You do um, Damian Priest. The match that he had with Sheamus. This was really cool. So it was the United States Championship match. And Damian Priest won the championship. And afterwards, he cut a promo that I actually felt was authentic. He was he seemed real. You know, he won himself a championship. Of course, Damian, he's worked his ass off to get in good shape and to be the wrestler that he is now and to survive on the main roster, given all of the cuts coming from NXT, which seems to be a scarlet letter for some reason uh, in the minds of some people behind the scenes Uh. in WWE. I give him credit. And I think that this match was actually kind of uplifting. It's a typical Sheamus match in many ways, but there was a story. Sheamus has his face mask ripped off and Damian Priest comes back. And I thought this match was quality. It was, I, yes. It made me feel, at least I felt good because I was like, oh, that person is getting rewarded for their hard work. And uh, just given how turbulent everything is, I'm like, all right. And he doesn't have like the perfect body. You know, he's not like your total archetype. So I, sure. And then he got interviewed by Tiffany Haddish after, which I thought was exactly. Funny. And that was the other thing with also, SummerSlam. Like, they peppered what? in celebrities that were. It's great. No diss on the celebrities, legitimately. But why? <laughs> like there like was Mario no promo. Lopez. It was yeah, Mario would... Lopez and Tiffany Haddish. Were they just in town? What was going on? They didn't announce them. There was. No, I was just okay. And then they gave him these very um, pedestrian roles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're gonna just interview our stars. 
okay. but we're not going to make a big deal out of why you're here. No. It wasn't like it wasn't like a, they made it like a Vegas theme. Uh, you know, like it wasn't, no. it didn't go that deep. It was just like, who can we get on Sunday? Exactly. Who's at the Saturday. slot machines, Mario? By yeah. the way, apparently Mario Lopez, I'm not going to tell you who told me, but apparently he's a real scumbag. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know who would tell you that, but. I have no. Between I... the two of us, I don't like him. Oh my goodness <laughs> gracious. Okay. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. The SmackDown uh, Tag Team Championships, the Usos versus the Mysterios, uh, a fine match. We all knew the Usos were going to win. Um, I don't know exactly what goes on with the head of the table storyline. It seems like it's an on and off again storyline. Whenever it's convenient, it's on. But there were, I don't know, there's like no, there's no through line for it. They're just going to hang on until they can get The Rock to come back. That's that's the end game. They've built a storyline where The Rock can come back and do a short stint or just do a couple yes. promos and uh, and that'll be the end of the story. When that happens, oh no. Yeah. So to pick up where we began, that of course leads right into uh, Bianca and Becky. We talked about that match. Uh, deflating. The audience is probably getting tired and mildly hungover because they had two beers two hours ago and then the body is like, I either have another one or take me to bed. Like, I am mm-hmm. done. That's yep. You have to keep on drinking or crash. The Drew McIntyre, Ginger Mahal, disaster. This match could, and again, no dissing on anyone personally, but holy shit, this match was completely and utterly useless. It didn't, my thing with Drew, I like the big sword, but he needs to have like a hat. He needs like a, if you're going to do it, if you're going to give this dude a 10 foot sword, give him like a whole thing, make him a whole, don't just half ass it, which is the definition of WWE right now. It's just half assing. Come out like Triple H with his full fucking Commit. crown and shit. Commit. Exactly. Same can be said about Jinder Mahal. Still don't know what his character is. Well, they also announced that they were going to go back to crown, do Crown Jewel again. So Yes. He, and he has had he has had a big storyline in the Crown Jewel shows. And I have a feeling that that is part of that push, which is great. I just don't. It just seems so obvious the timing for the crown jewel, as a matter of fact, our friend Matt McCarthy, I forget his tweet, but it was something like, we're going to uh, squash Bianca. And oh, also, we're coming back to Saudi Arabia. Oh, by the way, bury the lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was literally just 40 minutes. And, you know, Katie's a producer. I produced a little bit. And James, of course, her husband's a producer. So, like, from a producer perspective, we're all like, who is running this show? Why anyone happening? back there? Please, God. But apparently it is still Vince. And we, Katie and I were talking about this. It's watching un, 
fulfilled, unformed, full thoughts manifest themselves in a ring, which is why Nakamura came out and didn't wrestle. It's just Vince. He is, by nature, his mind is riddled with dementia and we're all paying for it. He's just half booking all the shows and all the producers are like, well, Vince said Nakamura didn't say against who. Just bring him out. What is that? I've never seen that before. Never. It was... It was very, everyone didn't, I, everyone was like, okay, I guess now we're getting a Nakamura match. Wait, what, what's, what, ha, what, did, wait, did Vince just not finish his sentence? Is that he literally what this didn't. is? <laughs> I give Pat McAfee some credit for trying to bring some energy to the booth. He's actually doing a great job. So yes, I know I've made fun of him for being a punter. You but, didn't like him. Um, I think he's you doing a fantastic open. job. I really do think he's doing a great job as a commentator. I know, he's bringing some life too. to it and, and I'm, I'm, he's doing a great job and I have respect for him as an orator. I like that he has witty jokes. He's uh, trying. He's trying to be something. very snarky against either AEW or WWE. Don't and give I a shit. appreciate that. Give it to me. Give me the snark. Give me if like, if one out of every three hits, I'm like, good try. All right. You're doing good. Right. Like you, sometimes you listen to, man, some of those Lawler jokes from back in the day. Some episodes, Oof. like on some pay-per-views, Lawler is 10 out of 10, like legitimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but then other times you're like, oh, like if you ever watch um, – he, uh, was it, uh, Taka, oh, I forget Taka's last name, but he got a little racial with it. Anyway, different yeah, times. some of them don't age well. No, some of them do not. So the audience at this point at SummerSlam are sitting on their hands, wondering if they can even go to the bathroom or if toilets are overflowing. They know they can't get any beverages or drinks or food, so everyone's hangry, hungover, and needs to shit. At this point, Charlotte Flair... Nikki A-S-H, almost a superhero, and Rhea Ripley come out, and I am going to say, as difficult as this task was, they put on a great match. This match, I think, um, stood out, and as much as the audience could forgive the sins of the pay-per-view in the past, they, I think, gave... It took a second for the audience to like be like, okay, they're trying for us, thank God. But mm-hmm. overall, I, I, was, I was impressed with this match. What did you think? I liked it. I thought it yeah. was good. I... I don't know the longevity that Nikki A.S.H. has as a character in this role. Yeah. But then again, Bailey had a similar aesthetic yeah. when it comes to character. So and she was over for years. Yeah. She so, liked to hug people. And that was the whole damn thing. Yeah. And I so I think uh, I look, I thought it was I thought it was a good match. Yeah. Uh, but Charlotte retained or Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte and, won. Of Charlotte course, because won. Nikki went in as the champion and Charlotte yeah. won, which again makes sense. I would like to see Rhea get the title. I'm always, I'm a Rhea boy. Rhea Ripley is absolutely fantastic, but it makes sense. And you know what, Katie, I am with you in a, but if it was a different era, I, for some reason, given the shit show that is WWE, yeah. I see Nikki as one of those rare bright spots where she had an idea. She has followed through. It's her they baby. gave her the belt. It's her baby. She's yeah. selling it so hardcore. And as far as yeah. merch goes, her merch is actually pretty good by WWE standards. Yeah. There's something about it that I don't know. I'm I, I I'm invested in her because I think that she is a I, I think she too. yeah, she's great. So I was happy. Um and the, and again, you know, despite the fact that Nikki lost. It was a match. That's all Bianca needed was a match. Just a match. You just have to treat people with some dignity, and it obviously wasn't shown in a squash. But this match, Charlotte, Rhea, and Nikki blew it up the best way they could in a um, in a in a difficult circumstance. I think it's so weird how the WWE isn't including NXT belts in Charlotte's count anymore. 
So she was 13 time originally. Yes. And then when they decided that NXT belts didn't count, then she was down to 11. And now she's back up to 12 or 13. Aren't they dismantling NXT? Isn't Didn't yes, Nick Khan say that they're just going to get... Which, yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. It's pure speculation. But like, what the fudge? Oh, they, I don't want to swear. What is going on? They see NXT as a failed experiment because... It, it is not. At, well, to the fans... To the fans' perspective, it's not. But to a company standard, they didn't beat AEW, which mm. is also not necessarily true because they, most of the year, two years that they were going up against AEW head-to-head, they were winning in in, uh, in ratings up until W or AEW kind of said, fuck them. We're yeah. just going to keep, we're not even paying attention to what they're doing. We're just going to keep doing our thing. Right. And eventually it came around. But they didn't beat NXT that often until NXT decided to back down and go to Tuesday nights, which now that it's on Tuesdays, now they're kind of going back to like what NXT was with, you know, the four horsewomen era of like the dawn of the new women's division where it was legitimate new, like up and comers. And these, they're learning to wrestle on TV. That's what NXT is going to be as opposed to, you know, your Adam Coles and your <sighs> awesome Johnny Gargano stories. I just don't understand the, uh, I just don't understand the corporate mindset behind like, let's give them a worse product and maybe that'll turn things around. I just don't understand it at all. I don't, but, anyway. but they, and it's very clear. They have already stripped money away. They yeah. Already, they were recording shows. Now they're pre-taping all the shows. A takeover was in Orlando at full sale. It did not feel like a takeover. No, it felt like an episode of NXT uh, on Tuesday nights. You know, it's just annoying. It's so frustrating. It is frustrating. And <laughs> God knows being a wrestler, just you're being a so wrestler, close. Having, you're so close. So close. It was the most over entity that the WWE has had, uh, I would say, in the past five years. Um, also, in this, uh, in SummerSlam 2021, another very competent match because, quite honestly, we knew it was going to be. Edge defeats Seth Rollins via submission. These guys, uh, Edge used a new move called the, or maybe it's not a new move. It's actually an old move, but it's called the Educator, and uh, Educator, Educator. And I thought, I don't know, I like the fake blood. I like the brood entrance. You know, I mean, this match was um, great. So it was great. Yeah, this match. I was love a, that match. You know, and uh, again, despite all the dissing on WWE, they still have some of the greatest talent in the world, and that's just the what makes the bar is the just bad higher booking. for judgment. Yeah, yeah, it is, but it's also. It's also lower in some ways because you have all the accoutrements that the WWE has. So go do the right thing. I did find it funny. And James brought this up when we were watching uh, for the uh, Becky Bianca match. He said that they swerved the audience by doing something that the WWE would normally do. Yes, exactly. Like they would absolutely be like, (laughs) oh, you know, you like. Like they swerve the whole audience, but like we're just gonna play it like we normally would, and then we'll bring out Becky. Exactly. That's why, like all of us were like, "Not again, Dad! I can't Not believe again, you did it. You showed up drunk, Dad! Again! Yeah. You said I it asked, wasn't gonna you happen." You had again. one job. My mother effing wedding, Dad! You pissed your pants. No, exactly. Dad's um, sober. We got Becky. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Oh, my God. Goldberg, you know my thoughts. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. The only thing I will say about this match that is positive is mm-hmm. that Goldberg, with his inability to wrestle, did not hurt Bobby Lashley. And thank God, because there were mm-hmm. a few moves where 
Bobby, if it's it's see it's just too close to call, and I am just as you know me, I am just not a Goldberg guy, and um, I don't know. We actually had a bet if it was going to go four and a half minutes over under. Katie and I went under. James went over. The total match was much longer than we all expected at seven and a half minutes. It was. It did. And but it was seven and a half minutes of me just white knuckling the chair, hoping to God that he didn't hurt Bobby. Like exactly. whatever it was, just don't. Anytime he was in control of a move, I was like, just don't hurt Bobby. Whatever you do. Please, because Bobby didn't even want this match, and Goldberg now has one more match on his contract, and just end it, dude. End it, Vince. I don't I don't understand. Although uh, and you also- know things were bad because Gage Goldberg, that's his 15-year-old son who Again, shouldn't be in the ring. He's not. He doesn't. He's not in ring shape. But you know it was bad because theoretically the audience was supposed to be mad when Bobby Lashley put the fifteen-year-old Gage Goldberg in the hurt lock. But the audience visibly cheered this yeah. grown man beating up a teenager. That's yeah. how angry and how frustrated people are with the Goldberg WWE tradition. It's also how over Bobby is. Yeah, he going to cheer him beating a 15-year-old. He, Oh, yeah, I agree I love him. I think Katie and I both agree. We've had a chance to interview him. I watched him on the Stone Cold um, sessions, the Broken Skull sessions. He's a face. He's a natural face. He is so – he's, he's just not, a charming dude. Let him be a face, and I it'll be interesting oh to God. see what happens. If they turn him face, I would argue that he has a legacy. I, I, I would argue that he has a Hall of Fame legacy, mm-hmm. and he – if they just let him, if they just let Bobby be Bobby, dude, dude could wrestle forever. I mean, I have no problem with him beating the shit out of people with a smile on his face. In many ways, it's scarier when oh the person God. is actively enjoying it. Like when Brock Lesnar like, looks like he's uh, having a great time, you're like, that's horrifying. Yeah. Like there's so much to do with him as a face that I feel like, again, this goes back to you. I feel like I hope I hope I hope that that story trajectory is in there somewhere because I think he's I over so. he's over as a heel to the point that if you turn him face and you let him kind of drop that character yeah. that he's been playing like it's just gonna like just just let Bobby let Bobby do Bobby man I'm with you I feel like they're getting in his way just all the I love that he's taking all the miser and stuff and that can all help him when he goes into motion pictures but he just needs to break down all that bullshit. And just be Bobby, because he is amazing. Well, speaking briefly of Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns versus John Cena, another very competent match. These guys did a great job. Okay. No diss. Oh, you, you weren't happy with this match so much? Okay. In the beginning of this match, I was like... It's a little slow. Uh, yeah. But I know, as far as like match building goes, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. we're just building a match, and he, and and... The story was that he was going to let him beat the hell out of uh, Cena was going to let him beat the hell out of him. And then but he'd come back winning anyway. So, like, I get that it had to be a slog in the first, like, five minutes of this match. But once it started to ramp up and and we had so many, like, close two counts, I was like, all right. okay, all right. All right. I'm back in. Yeah. We had a little table spot. You know, it was it was fun. Um, And again, you know, a difficult situation for anyone to be in given the clusterfuck that was this pay-per-view and then just lastly the return of brock lesnar um you know what i don't know how did i was i was a little underwhelmed and i'm not sure if that's i don't know if i'm being accurate but i didn't i don't particularly care for the new brock lesnar look and i'm not sure how to feel about it what did you think Mm. i mean it's not i guess it's just because we just had becky obviously cm punk and then with Brock, I don't know. I just felt like, okay, 
I mean, my take on Brock Lesnar is I'm never going to like Brock Lesnar. I'm just not. In a traditional sense or a kayfabe sense? Both. He's just not. He's not for me. Like, that's Mm. really what it kind of comes down to. Like, there's nothing about Brock that I've ever been like, oh, my God, he's amazing. Because, like, there's nothing that he's ever done to me that's been. Oh, my God, that was amazing. Like, all right, you know, he says a bunch of F5s, got it. Like, he's just never really been for me. And I, I get that there's yeah. nostalgia to it, and he's been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, he's just not a wrestler that I've ever really connected with. And that's great. That's fine. And I think that's wonderful. I feel like this was, like, an answer, their attempt at kind of taking back the narrative of the weekend mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm. CM Punk is back, which overshadowed the weekend, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, and it still does, of course. And it still does. And when they talk about this weekend, they're never going to talk about SummerSlam. They're going to talk no. about the weekend that CM Punk came back. This is, and, I know, I know apparently the ratings were good, but no one's rewatching this SummerSlam. This has got to be, I mean, it was one of the worst I've ever seen. It's, it, I mean, it, I, look, there's, there's been some missteps at SummerSlams, <laughs> but. I think in the grand scheme of things, like it was fine. Like it was a fine show. I don't think that Brock coming back is is gonna is gonna take away the narrative from you know AEW this weekend. And it was fine. Like whatever. Okay, Brock's back. I like that he didn't look like he just ate steroids for breakfast. That was kind of nice. I uh, guess so. You know, I like pandemic Brock. I guess like just got off his tractor, Brock. I guess like yeah. whatever. You know, the one thing I will say in defense of Brock Lesnar, he brings a really authentic energy. And I think WWE is struggling right now with with the audience. I know it's wrestling, but you still have to make the audience believe. And when Brock is beating somebody up, I'm like, yeah, I could see it. So yeah. I think he's going to bring a good, I don't know, uh, he brings a very serious kind of energy to it, which I think the WWE needs right now. My favorite part of the story and the one that I that I like the most is not necessarily the head of the table versus Brock or whatever. Right. I like that Paul Heyman is caught between Brock and, <laughs> and Roman Reigns. This I is like funny. I like, I love that. Like this to me is something I could like, this is the hook that's going to get me in, even though Brock's not necessarily a wrestler that I would tune in for. I'm, yeah. I'm here to see what happens. I'm, I, we all know Paul Heyman is hilarious <laughs> and great at his job. So it's just going to be yes, so did. fun for him yes, to is. see him weasel his way out of this. Uh, and you That's know, true. play both sides against each other, and like I think that character element is really going to bring a lot of life to this story. Oh, if they do that well, I will give them so much credit. There was also some very controversial signs, like the one who said uh, Paul Heyman's baby mama with a sign pointing <laughs> to herself, and then another one was a uh, what was the other one? I'm a Paul Heyman guy, something like that. Was like, it was uh, the the baby mama one was a choice. Ugh, that so was a gross. choice. <laughs> But here we are talking about it. So yeah, I don't know. she did a great. She's Paul Heyman's baby mama. And who wouldn't hey, want to be hey, Paul hey, Heyman's baby mama? <laughs> I bet you you can get him. After this match, uh, Brock Lesnar did destroy John Cena. Yes, he beat the living hell out of him. But we didn't get to see that. That was yeah, uh, that was a dark part. That yeah. was off the air because God forbid you can give us anything. All right. Well, let's do this week's match or this month's rather match from the past. And I know I dump all over him, but Bill Goldberg. And Steve McMichael. I just watched Starcade 1997 I, again. I am sure. And I can't believe I'm choosing this. this. I know, <laughs> because neither of them are particularly good. But 
This is before the Goldberg thing really took off. This was the beginning mm-hmm. of the beginning of the end of WCW. The botch at the end. Oh, my God. That was another thing. Gold, speaking of botches, the botch that he had with Bobby Lashley where he gets hit. and he, Oh, God. Oh, my God. I don't okay. want to talk about him. Anyway, he's such a – maybe we shouldn't use <clears> – no, fine. His match from the past. You've already committed. Just commit. I'm committed. So this match, it's about eight minutes, and the only reason Which I'm choosing is it long. <laughs> is because it's a wrestling. They wrestle. They wait, try to wrestle wait, wait, a little wait. bit. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Bill Goldberg <sighs> had an eight-minute match in 1996. 97. 97, and in 2021 had a seven and a half-minute match. So I'm just—he's consistent. Those are the, his two longest matches ever, most likely. He's consistent. Also, there was a botch in the main event. It's Hollywood Hogan versus Sting, and. Uh, Nick Patrick, the referee, is supposed to do a fast count, and he doesn't. WCW was just so close to being good, but they just didn't cross the T's and dot the I's, and that's a big deal in wrestling. Well, there was also a lot of drugs and money involved. Oh, yeah, I think that had something to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) No one was sober? Oh. All right, well, let's play some sound of Bill Goldberg and Steve McMichael. This is actually, as far as two big brutes go, this is from Starcade 97, I think a very competent uh, showing by both of them. Sting and Hogan. It is tonight, and tonight we will find out which way Nitro goes. Truly the biggest night our sport has ever seen. Mongo fighting off, and Mongo gets the table. Wow. Boy, he took a blow right in the lower part of his back right there. Bad blow for as big as you are. On the table, and now pulling the man back up. Look at Look at his back. You're right. Wood just splintered onto his back. He's on his feet, though. And he's, with everything he's got, trying to kick Goldberg down. Mongo in a tremendous amount of pain. He wants to spike him here, guys. Can he get him up? He can't get him up. No, he, he cannot. He can't get him up, Mike. Back, his back gave out on him at that point. He was trying to get him up for the Mongo spike. That tombstone pile driver, but no effect. Chance now for Goldberg to take control. And he may have the jackhammer on here. Let's see. Let's see us. One, two, three. Goldberg wins. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why that table took it out of him. That table didn't take it out of him. So Goldberg set up the table and it came into play. Mongo could not get the man up for the tombstone pile driver. So it's official. Goldberg is your winner here at Starcade 1997. It will go down as his biggest victory. But I can tell you, had it not been for a table, things would have been a lot different for you. All right, everyone. There was Match from the Past. Katie and I will be back next month. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're uh, healthy out there. Okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. 
From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.